Dong Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 Collected Episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of top 2080 thrills and storylines in one place, so you can listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading 2080 collections, or just hear us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. I've got my pride! This episode finds us in balmy Birmingham with our new friends Roxy, Laws, Cornelius, and Skiz! Skiz first appears in Prog 308 and ran until Prog 330. The script droid was the infamous Alan Moore. The art droid was Jim Bakey. The lettering droid was Tony Jacob. You can find the story in several editions, including the complete Skiz from the Rebellion web store or your preferred bookseller. The Complete Skiz also has Volumes 2 and 3 of Interpreter Zix's Adventures, but since those won't arrive um, in the progs until the mid-90s and aren't written by Alan Moore, we'll uh, skip those for now and add collections at a later date. We're jumping way ahead in this one from things we've been talking about recently to the golden days of 1983 for some high-class thrill power. Skiz is Moore's first long-running story in 2000 AD, though of course he's already published major work in Warrior at the same time. Skiz is the story of an alien being befriended by a young person and their friends, but things get difficult when the government intervenes. In the end, though, the alien is reunited with their people, and everyone learns lessons about themselves. Sound familiar? I mean, obviously, the elephant in the room for Skiz is the movie E.T., classic film that was released in the U.K. in December of 1982, a mere three months before Skiz was published. We talk a lot about this in the show, but generally, while I can't comment on how much, if at all, more was inspired by the movie for Skiz, um, I will say that writing off Skiz as an E.T. clone is a huge mistake. First, the alien is different. Uh, though both are, are, are of squat build, Skiz's ability as a translator allows him to quickly learn English and exchange meaningful dialogue with both his friends and enemies. Next, the people are different. Birmingham's world is down and out with high unemployment, unhappy schools, and a general feeling of hopelessness of the era. Unlike the sort of regular American uh, suburban kids of E.T., Roxy feels like a full-fledged character, and others like Laws or Cornelius might be less developed, but still very different from what you'd normally see in a comic book at the time. Third, the villains are different. While the character Van Owen is a bit of an 80s stock villain, the evil South African, I feel he has far more character than the relatively faceless government agents of the E.T. movie. The key thing about Skiz is the characters and the craft of the writing more than the plot itself, and um, all beautifully brought to life by Jim Bakey's art. I vividly remember recording these episodes and getting emotional as we reached the final phases of the story. I've said it before, but some of them are stars. Gets me every time. Let's go to the comics! Episode 94, Progs 306 to 308. February and March 1983. Thrill 5. Skiz. <sighs> I'm so happy right now. Yeah, script robot Alan Moore, art robot Jim Bakey, letting robot Tony Jacob. It's Alan Moore's first regular story here on the podcast. Bro dog, let me tell you right now. I could have you wait till the end of Skiz to tell you that I love Skiz. Oh, but nice. there's only one prog of it, and yeah. Conrad, I fucking love Skiz. Nice. Yeah, we start uh, and Medius Res in the middle of things as a pilot tries to save their spaceship, but 
And uh, and it's pretty cool because all, all like the tech goggledy goop that they normally have is all like uh, like otherworldly. Because no. it like yeah, he talks about but like, but it's actually religious. In yeah, his there's themes. a lot of yeah. He talks about like the esoteric um, con- uh, uh, p- uh, paradox or whatever. He yeah. um, and like all of the um, techno things also have a lot of like uh, the biology. Like, yeah, but bi- biological words in them and stuff like that too. So definitely, it's it's one of these things where they just where it's throwing a lot of jargon at you, basically to kind of create this sense of like otherness of of a technology that's kind of familiar to us, Organic. but also yeah, but also has diff- has big differences that are also super super obvious and stuff. Or if you're like me and have no idea what I'm about to say, maybe Alan Moore has probably done some mushrooms. <laughs> Or maybe some acid. I mean... Not that I would know. Signs... You know, I mean, I want to get a magic eight ball on there, but I wouldn't say it's unlikely. Um, anyhow, <laughs> so the pilot tries to save their spaceship. Um, we see he's an alien and shouting these uh, this big string of umlauted yous, which is pretty crazy. Yo! The, uh, the ship finally crashes, and we see the pilot interpreter Zix. Zix. Uh, come to it's Z H C C Z. So it's kind of hard to Bro, pronounce. he's not dead. In fact, he's woken up by his semi-sentient computer. And I say semi-sentient yeah. because it can only obey kind of his commands. Yeah. The but ship still understands the circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah, the ship's computer tells him that he's crashed on an inhabited planet in the hell world. 79% chance that he would have survived. We get a uh, an interesting thing where they basically say that all the planets that uh, the um, galaxy wants cordoned off and people not to visit have like a uh, asteroid belt in the middle of them, which I thought was kind of cool. Well, it may be an M class planet, Commander. There are living people on this yeah. planet, etc. We can't just go fucking around with them with our warp <laughs> technology. We can't just tell them that if you reinvert your phase aligners that you're going to go to warp factor five. All right. Right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, We get sort of in this part a better sense of Zix's kangaroo-like space-suited form as he basically convinces the ship not to kill him, too, when it begins its self-destruct sequence. he's divesting himself of all things while then grabbing the thing that has all the things that the computer (laughs) said not to grab. Right. Just saying. But uh, he manages to escape as the ship self-destructs to prevent technology from being found by the humans. Zix uh, Zix barely escapes the blast and woozily uh, gets to his feet using a pole to steady himself. The pole with the highway sign welcoming people to the the city of Birmingham. Is that like, uh, I guess, Las Vegas? No. Is that that L.A.? No. It's a town. It's it's, it's Birmingham in England. Is that like Kansas City? It's more like Kansas City. (laughs) I mean, we'll start. Hashtag sorry, Birmingham. Birmingham. You don't say the ham. That's what I've learned. Birmingham. 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 Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll get a sense more about the town uh, next time when we go to Nia Nightmare Dark Demons. I love me some skiz. Yeah, this is a certain skiz. It's so well crafted in terms of it doesn't explain. Any of what's said, either in yeah. the text boxes or, or or how the character of the uh, computer or how Skiz communicates to each other. Yeah. The inference of what those things mean is there because it says, 
you will figure it out because it's not actually all that hard. Yeah, it definitely does a lot to sort of really create this world of the, of this character and stuff. I'm really excited to see, just to get into this story, we're, we're going to meet a bunch of really interesting characters and just this whole setting. Um, you know, obviously the elephant in the room for Skiz is, uh, is E.T., but I think that we're going to... Sure. Know, I think that as we sort of get into these characters stuff, I think it's, it's interesting to keep that in mind, but also see what the differences are and sort of how different parts of this story are handled. So I'd say, you so, know, so the thing about ET is that you didn't know where he was from, why he was from there, what his, uh, philosophical idea was. Yeah, he was no. a stranded infant on a planet, ostensibly. Yeah. In like which we, some children, which we can relate to, helped. Yeah, well, I mean, End you, story. you know, let's see how we, how it goes with Skiz, but I think it's definitely a big difference is, yeah, that, that E.T. is kind of a cipher when he shows up. You don't really know yes. what's going on with him, what his internal monologue and all that stuff is. We have way more of that with Skiz. That right there is a big difference in the story. You're, and I, you're not... You're not invested in in ETs going back to home, other than that he figures out because he's a sentient being. Yeah, please send me home. Yeah, no, this I think guy, eh, you've got some vested interest within the first prod. Yeah, and I'm interested to see what what you're going to think at the end of like next episode when we start getting more more characters. Oh, don't say that. And things get more things. Maybe thin. like <laughs> because I mean in a good way. I really like Skiz. I think okay. it's a really it's a really great story. It's got one of my favorite um, endings of a 2080 story so far, actually. Um, really? But okay, this now is going to be. I'm, I'm. This is what I've been looking forward to actually. So I'm I'm pretty excited that we're finally getting to it for sure. I'm, I I will tell you, the opening is maybe the most promising I've seen in a long time. It's got some fun stuff, man. Of new stories, right? Like, Harry and the High Rock is a new story that I loved the intro into. Um, and then it was short-lived, right? Like, it said, I will begin and I will end. Yeah. Skiz I imagine Skiz is the same. Skiz is the same, yeah. It'll be done... Oh, thank God. ...by, like... I love it. You know, it'll it'll be done in just a couple procs, or or in a couple episodes, That's I should perfect. say. Like it's That's it's perfect. Yeah, it's like Harry Twenty just in. I think both of them are like about twenty or so page or procs or so. So it should be good. Anyhow, <laughs> maybe this <laughs> is some behind the scenes stuff, but it, it, this is something that I've been asking for. I don't yeah. need something. To it's definitely it's ever. definitely this. Yeah, it's definitely the stuff we talked about in the last spinnies where we you know discussed having some more sort of shorter stories. And less sort of stories that just become part of a big, um, like continuing episodic thing, you know? Yeah. Be, be confident in your storytelling, yeah. you know? Episode 96, Progs 309 to 312, March and April 1983. Through one skiz. And once again, the comic shows its colors and really likes to just kind of force down your throat. Pollution, bad, right? Nuclear energy, bad? They're bad things. Yeah. They're doing bad things. I mean, that's true. I love the opening for this, though, because it's, it's just text bubbles and it says, uh, I am Interpreter Zix of the Tau Seti Imperium, and I'm not afraid. He repeats it over and over to himself, but it's because he's, in fact, terrified. That was <laughs> I actually laughed when I said yeah. that. He is Interpreter Zix of Tau Seti Imperium, and he is terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Zix finds himself on the outskirts of Birmingham, England, an industrial and heavy and heavily polluted land full of smokestacks, nuclear cooling towers, and electrical lines. Yeah, Birmingham seems uh, like a really not great place. Like four nuclear power plants next to a coal burning plant next to a giant power station. It's definitely, it's definitely a pretty like dire industrial setting for sure. Um, That's true. I'm going to ask some British people about this. I mean, I feel like it might be <laughs> like, <laughs> or I mean, not like specific to Bur- to to Birmingham, but like you know, I feel like there's this big sense of like just sort of this um, like pollution and economic downturn thing, especially in the '80s, but kind of generally in England. Like I don't know, like you know, <laughs> well, but like there's this all this industrial stuff. Like I don't know, I hear stuff about like uh, like fogs during the 1800s that were like corrosive or something like that. You know, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, you know, no worse than than what happens in America. I don't want to like I'm not throwing stones at, from a glass house here. Like all pollution's pretty terrible, but also I mean. We should, we're going to talk more about this next week when we get to know some of the other characters. But, um, like, a lot, like, Skiz draws a lot from um, English stuff at the time, especially there's this show, um, The Boys from the Black Stuff, I think, which I believe it's called, which is this show that's about sort of, um, like, these unemployed guys sort of living a hard life in sort of early 80s England um, that sort of, that a lot of people think is very, um, like skiz draws from e from that as much as it draws from et for instance so I'm woke as fuck so you know it's just sort of like this is a little kind of interesting thing of a way more of a slice of life of like england maybe that in in the 80s than um you know our other sci-fi things that we see in the course of this whatever all right i i guess for me i'm just saying that let's let's not build four nuclear power plants next to each other those cooling towers are huge yeah i mean listen it's it's a hard it's hard times out there any but anyhow um skiz makes his way into or zix i should say makes his way into town past giant factories into streets full of advertisements both the art and the writing like the narration here do a really great job making like the city feel real uh, claustrophobic and Mm. terrifying on the street, Zix sees a gang of like skinheads and a gang of punks starting to argue and eventually fighting. Getting which, real drunk. Yeah, they're just going. They're going ape, and it really, it really like freaks him out. Just because I guess in his advanced planet, nobody, you know, there's no like physical violence or anything. So this is really like, oh my god, these people are so primitive and like terrifying, you know. Yeah, and he makes he makes a point of saying like, "Oh God, they're apes." They're yeah, they're the apes. That's weird. <laughs> That's also true. Um, so, so he he runs off into the night. The sound and the light uh, confusing and disorienting him. Eventually, he finds making him wicked high. Yeah, he's yeah he's getting used to not just like the gravity and like the mix of gases in our atmosphere and stuff. Eventually, he finds a small shed that he hides in and seems to find a small measure of safety, but we see a pair of hands with a flashlight and a stick approaching his hiding place. Tom Tully special, oh yeah. (laughs) So, meanwhile, I guess, on the street, a teenage boy named Darren calls up to a girl named uh, Roxanne, or Roxy, I guess, whose parents are away for the fortnight, so can he come in if you take my meaning? <laughs> like, but also, you know, 
so as the story progresses, it's like, okay, get out of here. You're not coming in. God, I wish I didn't tell my friend, who is also female, yeah. that uh, my parents are away. And they, is this, like, normal? Is it normal to, like, find out when someone's parents are gone to be just like, I want to crash your place, but also maybe, you know, uh, I mean, I feel like that's just extra creepy, and she's treating this like, oh, I better go to sleep with a, while knowing that there's a guy outside. I think she's. She knows I'm here alone. I mean, she she tells him to sort of, you know, she basically tells him to get out of here. Uh, Roxy's got like, you know, her visually she's like kind of a like a teenager. She's got like short wild hair, um, and yeah, she will not be lending her friend Geraldine a copy her copy of Complete Madness. <laughs> Because she's told everybody that her parents are out of town, and now jerks are being jerks um, out there on the street, basically. <laughs> Stop freaking me out. And, oh my god, what's that noise outside? Yeah. She goes to investigate it with a, a, flat, a torch, a.k.a. a flashlight, and a, and a fire poker to investigate. I'm, I'm getting English here, Fox. Um, thinking <laughs> She thinks it might be that Darren guy, but... She opens the door and finds a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, a kangaroo-like alien in a spacesuit. Flip it, heck! <laughs> oh my god, Dad! Close the door real fast, but then open it. Maybe it's a kid. Yeah, she goes to thinking that it might be. She takes his hand, and in the light, it's pretty clear this guy is not from around here. He's got three fingers. He's real weird. Yeah. Uh, and I guess you've drawn some conclusions, girls. So Big old tail. Yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, so Zix is, uh, is watching World of Sport Wrestling from behind the Sofia, which, from behind the sofa, which is the traditional British viewing location for scary things, I've learned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Shout out to our buddies, uh, Beyond the Sofa. <laughs> For their Doctor Who podcast and where he goes there. Um, anyhow, oh my God. Roxy offers him a cup of coffee, but he is surprised and betrayed by how hot it is. And he spills it, <laughs> which makes Roxy super angry because he's, he's made a mess in the carpet. And Skiz just interprets this as her being about to like kill and eat him, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, she, Roxy sort of relents, she cleans up the carpet and apologizes, and the weight of the situation has seemed to really set in. Like, this is real, there's really an alien in her living room, which, you know, it takes some getting used to. I think we can all agree I, on that. I mean, yeah, it's it's her having to, like, uh, suddenly humanize this weird robot kangaroo. Uh, well, I like so it. much so. Yeah. I love it. I, I mean, love that it's yeah. like you're going through the beat by beat moments of her kind of just like, okay, my parents are like, I'm, I'm having a dream. No, I'm not having a dream. This is really weird to like, all right, now we've got to do some basic communication. <laughs> but I like how, how, how like genre savvy quote unquote she is to be like, well, you aren't like, obviously you aren't going to kill everybody. <laughs> this is more of a peaceful close encounters of the thirst of the third kind kind of situation. Uh, so. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> so I'm sure she's a track fan. Yeah. Something. I mean, it's hard to say how much of someone in 80, I guess, no, I guess kids are in 82 would be like from something. But anyhow, yeah. she, um, she basically does like the me Roxy, you whatever, <laughs> um, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, Zix seems to pick, seems to pick it up pretty quickly, uh, knowing her as a, you know, as a rock. 
Z. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he gives his name and removes his helmet. And we see just how crazy of an alien duty is uh, with his crazy alien face as she dubs him Skiz. I mean, I would have thought maybe like a rat creature or something. Definitely not something with like catfish like tentacles coming out of. He's got he's got a lot going on. Like the you know in in the in the 2080 annual this year, they actually talk a lot about the uh, the character design of Skiz, and it's pretty Mm -hmm. interesting, I think. Um, But it's definitely got a lot of like. you know, like, yeah, they, they've definitely tried to sort of make him look like Alien, kind of, which I think is, is an mm-hmm. interesting choice, you know? Like, he's not just, um, yeah, he's not just like a regular dude or some, or, or even like a gray. He's really like, this is a species yeah. that is not of this earth, you know? Grays are super boring and overplayed, FYI. <laughs> to, all those, to all those would-be movie executives out there, please stop making gray aliens. I mean, you know, if, I, I think if you did a gray in 1982, that'd be pretty, uh, or 1983, that'd still be pretty bold, you know? <laughs> I mean, I guess. I like Bellardinelli aliens. Well, like, yeah. Big carrot, like, head <laughs> and a beautiful, swooshy scarf. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful hair. <laughs> but so Roxy is taking care of Skiz, and he seems unable to keep any food down. Um, meanwhile... Surprise! Yeah, you know, not from here, I guess. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the crash site, Skiz's ship... Or at the crash site of Skiz's ship... Great. Yeah, there's a pair of government guys discussing the situation. The boss seems to be a South African man with a phonetic accent. Um, <laughs> Bring the Dobermans. Bring it in. Um, yeah, so he he calls for his Dobermans to track, to, to see, find out if there's any aliens and track them down. Um, he, you know, this is part of his evil South African procedure. Uh, dogs, detection, oh. destruction, and denials. This is possibly the best, most evil thing ever. It's good. <laughs> if you weren't sure if this guy was definitely 100% evil, now you know, because it's, it's yeah. the 4Ds. But I mean, really, like, he's super coded as evil just by making him be uh, South African, you know? Um <laughs> Really? Yeah. This is like this is the this is the uh, uh, nuance that uh, that goes over Fox's head. Yeah. Like, uh, have you seen a Lethal Weapon two? Well, okay. I mean, but not all. Hashtag not all South Africans. Dude, yeah. Okay, I disagree with. There's a that's one of the many hashtag not alls <laughs> that I gotta disagree with. No, but I mean, <laughs> listen. Any any South African who has moved, who has made his way into the uh, alien catching part of the government is probably not <laughs> to be trusted. That's that's my that's my first statement. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at this point, especially if you're kind of a more, like, on the liberal side of things or something, like, or on the uh, on the left-wing side of things, like, making a dude South African is a, you know, is like making someone, like, a German or, like, a Russian or something like that in, in Hollywood well, movies, where it's just like, I'm, oh, yeah, this guy's evil. The, I'm just he's glad def- they're diversifying their portfolio, as we'll see later in this month, where they definitely don't. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to, you know, generally it's just, um, whatchamacallit, yeah, it's important to know that, like, even more than just being all, um, 
be generally like a jerk and stuff like that. Like the big thing about this guy, Van Owen is that because of his accent and his name and things like that, he's definitely coded as being the bad guy in, in this story, you know? <laughs> well, and the fact that it's not just like, Oh, he doesn't have like a Labrador or like a beagle. Well, yeah. No, I mean that Doberman. <laughs> that's definitely part of it too. You know, but anyhow, we cut to, uh, to Skiz's perspective. He's trying to eat muesli and is sick. Uh, there's some good stuff here where he's learning English. Uh, things are going wrong. Are termed a uh, flippin' neck, like a flippin' neck, flippin' heck. Um, cause apparently that, that's what Roxy shouts whenever he goes to, to puke, you know? Um, yeah we also get like you know he's saying like a birmingham as a birmingham and stuff which is a good version which he associates with earth now (laughs) yeah well it's just a good um, way of uh how like the brummy accent would say that i guess Mm. um meanwhile van owen is using his dogs to find a scent and they do along with prince over the protests of the more conservative mr aubrey van owen has found a trail leading straight into the middle of birmingham or birmingham i should say yeah aubrey what up now i'm double evil and you've got an alien also if you weren't sure that this man was evil yet not only does he own dobermans but he clips their ears yep no he's a bad guy total dick move yeah uh, I mean, I don't know why you're fighting with me about this, but uh, I'm not fighting with you. I'm, any, just, I'm yeah. just adding evidence to the pile, which eventually goes right. in front of the world court. <laughs> Anyhow, um, what you call? Yeah, so that skiz this month, man. It's real fun. It's real good. I, uh, I, I may have sound somewhat downplayed, but this is maybe my favorite thing. <laughs> it's, it's like it. It's super fun, especially when he's you know, just kind of on the run to, yeah. uh, you know, getting his Elliot, uh, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and, and then, um, you know, just very quickly, uh, like giving, giving it enough time to kind of be like, okay, like here's the part where, he, you know, he has like this human friend and yeah. then applying the, okay, now we've got a pursuer. Yeah, now we've definitely. Got a tension built into this, right? Yeah, no, I really love. Um, I love. Yeah, Van Owen's really evil. I really love Roxy. I think she's a great character, just as yeah, like a, as like a realistic kind of like like female like a teenage girl kind of character. Um, yeah, it's like the exact opposite of Wolfie Smith. Yeah, it's she's really well realized. Right. <laughs> and I'm really excited to see um, next week when we get the basically the rest of the cast of characters for this thing. Um, oh, I think it's going to be real Oh, yeah. Listen, Skiz does, does a lot of stuff. A flying bicycle. No, not as such. But we'll get it. I mean, you know, I've got my pride, but we'll see. <laughs> Episode 97. Progs 313 to 316. April and May 1983. Thrill to skiz. Ah, uh, yeah, skiz time. Skiz is always done. It's a script robot, Alan Moore, art robot, Jim Bakey, letting her about Tony Jacob. So and we are back with Roxy's rockin' do. Yeah. Hair is dope. Totally. Yeah, man. She's the, the one of your cooler uh, 1983 15-year-olds, if you ask me. But, uh... <laughs> Again... The, the direct comparison is, is she or is she not Wolfie Smith? If no, then better. <laughs> oh, a thousand times better. Jeez. Strong female lead also. Yeah. So, uh, okay. yeah. So, so Roxy, Roxy O'Rourke is buying baby food to try to feed her alien friend Skiz. 
But, of course, the gossiping old biddies at the counter assume it's for her baby. Like, oh, they're having him so young. Oh, it's the face of the world. And like, don't judge me, lady. On she could be a babysitter. Like, what the, or maybe love baby food. Like, yeah, maybe she's just, she's just taking care of Robocop in her backyard or something oh, like that, you know? That's, I just watched that this week. So. <laughs> yeah, man, it gotta be baby food, that's dude. It's my favorite movie. It's one of my favorite movies. But anyhow, um, on the way home, she bumps into some of her father's friends, the very cool Laws and Cornelius, a balding dude with a bandaid on his forehead. He's a man of few words, but he's got hey, his man. pride. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love the introduction of these characters. I love that they need very little explanation. It's like, hey, you know, I know I'm your dad's friend, blah, blah. Like, yeah. we're helping out. We're helping out like a, a family buddy. Yeah, and I want to say for the, the record, Laws is very cool. He's got like a pompadour and a leather jacket and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah, man. A little bit of a lout, but you know. Yeah, no, he does. Old. Yeah, he definitely, <clears throat> honestly, of uh, of your dad's friends, he's probably the one you don't want. Like, if you're a dad, he's probably your friend you don't want hanging around your 15 year old daughter. But that's okay. Um, you know, we're we're fine here. Um, so yeah, they exactly. get, yeah, they give Roxy a ride home in their van. Along the way, they get pulled over at a roadblock by the cops and that Van Owen dude, the alien hunter. But and he just gets real creepy close to them, like grabbing onto their very, car. you know, does not believe in personal space all that much. They give him the brush off, and when they arrive at Roxy's home, she accidentally drops the uh, the baby food, and Laws is like, "What's going on with this baby food here?" But she's like, "Whatever, leave me alone." She goes back well, into the house. The, the way he does it, and this is like what I like about um, them not over explaining like the characters or anything. He's mm-hmm. like, "Look, you know." If you need help with anything or if you're like, you know, in some kind of situation, like you can always talk to us or. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just established very early that these guys are not shitty people. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think that's really true. Um, At the house, Skiz seems to be able to keep the baby food down without getting sick. And things seem like they're going to be okay. But then we see Van Owen mysteriously looming outside of Roxy's house. God, just creeper. Super. Big time creeper. Big time creeper. That's just a fact. Uh, sometime later, Skiz's eyes are full of mucus and is getting real yeah. sick. Um, He's looking real gross. Looking real gross. He hopes that, uh, I, I, I like how we get, we sort of alternate between Roxy's mm. and Skiz's, uh, internal monologue. And I really like how Skiz sort of experiences and, and terms everything. Like he could, he doesn't think of Roxy as, as a, as an individual person. He's like the Roxy. Like she's mm. just a creature that's called Roxy as opposed to a human that's got a specific name, you know? <laughs> um, but so he, you know, he hopes the Roxy will 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 come home soon. In fact, Roxy's back at school, and things aren't going great. Uh, that D- uh, Daryl, who may or may not be the dude Darren from Prague th- uh, three ten, and it's a sort of a, of a small yeah. mistake. But whatever, one way or another, he's been saying that he stayed at Roxy's house over the weekend. If you take his meeting, and that's a bullshit. Oh <laughs> man, and you know what you do as a strong, independent female character when you hear some bullshit, you punch that bullshit right in the stomach. Call him a fake, call him a pig. It's good times. But yeah, man, I don't appreciate these teenage these these English teenagers spreading rumors. Is this is this what Hogwarts is really like, Fox? Is that what you I'm know, learning here today? <laughs> I mean, look at their ties. There's even a kid who looks like Harry Potter walking Seriously, around. yeah. So, Roxy spends the rest of the day worrying about Skiz and is devastated to come home and find him so sick. 
She basically calls the only adult she can think of, which is that Laws guy. He arrives with Cornelius, who admires the ducks on the wall as Laws diagnoses Skiz's problem. Flippin' heck! Yeah, not not a not a good diagnosis. I should mention that um, I I learned from one of our guests coming up for the specials and stuff that uh, uh, three ducks on the wall is in fact a good sign of a British middle classness that kind of comes from like East Enders and stuff like that. Like it's really? a very it's a very like uh, like stereotypical thing to have on the wall is like three uh, wooden ducks. <laughs> Just okay. kind of funny, I think. Just another another thing that Mark Skiz is the most English of all of these thrills we've read so far in 2018. I would have just knocked that up to they have some strange decor taste. Yeah, well, what it is is that it's more like sort of, I guess it's, it's, it's another coding thing like we talked about of Van Owen last week, where it's just sort of like coding these guys, like Roxy's families being kind of middle, uh, like, like middle class or something like that. Gotcha. Um... So, after some hard thinking and some deep thoughts by Skiz, who's in narration here, so we get, like, some, a lot of his, like, uh, judging, like, laws and, uh, and Cornelius, and they're sort of, like, different, the way, different ways they carry themselves and stuff. Uh, which is, uh, which is generally all positive. Like, yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's like, he sees, and honestly, reading the character pretty well. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, like, just sort of sees, like, yeah, how, uh, like, Laz really cares about, like, presenting, like, a look of, like, uh, you know, being very put together, and, like, he's, Skiz kind of talks about, like, a casual elegance or something like that, and then with Cornelius, he talks about how he can sense, like, like a quiet strength coming off of Cornelius, that there's, he's got a lot that, like, you know, still waters run deep with Cornelius, basically. Yeah, man. <laughs> Though, uh, he does not have the appearance of a doctor. That's true. No, absolutely not. But after all this, Laws has an idea, because he's also genre savvy like uh, like Roxy was last week. I'm loving this. Which is, basically, he saw E.T., um, and, you know, he, yeah, he remembers that uh, the government shows up at E.T., and everything works out at the end of that, right? I mean, you know, that's not my personal reading of E.T., but I guess, okay, um... <laughs> So they call emergency services, and soon an ambulance arrives as Cornelius tries to connect with Skiz in a very, like, kind of funny sequence. We just kind of gets on Skiz level and is like, do they have pipe fitters in uh, uh, in space? I'm a pipe fitter. Um, whatever. <laughs> Real great. And the only response from Skiz is in his thought box, Skiz is just, just a, a giant question, question mark. Yeah. So, uh, Roxy gets the door, and it's Van Owen and a bunch of goons in Enviro suits. They barge in, they pull out Roxy and, L- and Laws. He's like, watch the material. Uh, but Cornelius seems to be a different matter, as he then comes crashing through the front window of Roxy's, apart- of Roxy's house well, with so three other goons. Laws, Laws specifically warns them, like, hey, like, don't jostle him the way you are with me, because, and then... Yeah. Just does not respond well. Yeah, he's just going going crazy, like dose him with like a tranquilizers and like take him away on, on a gurney, basically. Yeah. Um there th- all the the three humans are taken into an ambulance, and as sort of things are getting pretty serious, Laws admits that he ducked out of ET about halfway through. <laughs> Which I mean, there, there's some key facts that happen near the end of that film. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, in the final prog, we cut to a Cornelius under uh, government questioning with a new forehead bandage, and he just isn't saying anything. He's just, but you know. He's also, like, in his own head, he's, like, thinking his own things. He's like, oh, 
like, here I am, I'm, like, this pretty whatever dude, I can remember some basic information about myself. Also, I'm one of the only people who's ever met an alien, I'm pretty cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh... While, while Cornelius doesn't have much to say, Roxy has a lot to say. She wants to know about laws and Cornelius and especially about Skiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Van Owen is the one uh, who's really asking the questions, though, because he wants to know like what Roxy told Skiz about Earth, what kind of technology he has and stuff like that. He starts to like threaten Roxy basically by yeah. saying he's going to like, you know, telling her her friend's background, you know, the very sort of like, uh, like, you know, like, you know, Mr. Laws has a criminal background or, you know, like a, yeah. he has to spend time in a mental institution or whatever. And she's um, like, I don't give a crap. They're uh, friends of the family and they're good people, you POS garbage exi- man. Definitely. Um, he then starts to, uh, he, he then starts to generally threaten, like, Roxy's, like, safety and freedom. <laughs> but it, it ends with him leaving her with her parents who have come back from holiday on emergency. The ultimate punishment. Who her dad does not seem pleased about all this. Hands um, on hips. Bent over stature, just saying. Well, as his uh, as uh, Roxy's mom appears, is trying to like reason with him or something like that, which doesn't. By, by just simply saying his name a few times, it doesn't seem good as terms of just a domestic situation. Uh, Roxy Oof. takes a look at them, pull out, pulls out her watch, and says, uh, "Beam me up, Scotty." Oh, Star Trek reference. I I love you, Skiz. Next time, just a terrible dream. And yeah, man, Skiz is doing real fun stuff. Uh, I really love just this story and all these characters and stuff. It's really neat. And the D&D party is being put together. There's going to be some sweet dope rescue attempts. There's going to be some some cool chasing. I can't w- I know this is going to happen, and I'm all right with that. Because that's fucking exciting. Because I really like these characters, and I'm really put into where this is going. I can I can either confirm or deny those uh, those <laughs> that forecasting, um, but I, I guess I'll confirm it. Episode ninety eight, Progs three hundred and seventeen to three hundred and twenty, May and June nineteen eighty three. Thrill two skiz. Oh. Oh man, you're throwing me for a full loop. Yeah. So, uh, script robot for Skiz, Alan Moore, art robot Jim Bakey, lettering robot Tony Jacob. Oh man. So Skiz is freaking out. He's having a dream. Yeah. Well, he's dreaming that he's back, or he dreams that he's back home on Tau Seti. He's relaxing on a fog beach in the copper noon light, listening to the song of the lung whales. Or well. Yeah, because he's dreaming, he's actually still on Earth, held prisoner by the by the government and stuff. Um, by the as, way, just as yeah. just as an aside, as someone who has really loved ET, did you ever read uh, the book? Like that no, I never ET did. Mm, I, I never read that one. So, but, but does, does it have a lot of crazy alien stuff about like ET's homeworld and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, cool. it's literally. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's it's like a true thing or not, but it, it's something I read in my public library when I was super young. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's half and half. It's one half what's going on with Elliot in his life. Ah. And the other half is uh, E.T. in his homeworld. And this felt very similar. Interesting. Just going to say, like, just like what he's describing and how he's feeling when he's talking yeah. about it. It was 
Interesting. I mean, this is sort of a return of the, uh, of like sort of the Tau Seti stuff that we had right at the start mm-hmm. of Skiz that had a lot more of like, you know, here's a bunch of like describing this, this, this alien world by putting a lot of words that we normally wouldn't like imagine being connected together and stuff like that. Um, yes. That does a really good job of sort of creating this sense that Skiz is really alien and that his world is really different from ours, you know? And, and I would say that that is the, so there are two strengths of Skiz, and mm-hmm. I'll talk about this at the end, but the writing of Skiz is amazingly important. Like yeah. If you're coming back and, and reading this comic along with us, I really suggest reading the descriptor boxes. Yeah, you uh, got to read outside. Skiz kind of slowly just because it's got so many words in it, and Moore is really doing a lot to like really write the hell out of this thing, I think. Yeah, he's... He's building a world while they're visually building a world. Yeah, like definitely. It's, yeah, it's the two of them really work together. Absolutely. But so, please come. Yeah, as the boffins on the base watch Skiz dream, like Roxy's back at school. Um, she's like, she's basically really sad and distracted. Um, the kids are like, oh, she's like Ilda on old Coronation Street. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her, she's a weird alien lover. Yeah, her, well, this is, that hasn't even happened yet. People oh, just, that's right. just notice that she's sad and she's just really worried about, about Skiz. As Skiz dreams, like his perfect dream of being back on Tau Ceti, Laws and Cornelius are at a wait at the unemployment office. And then one of Laws's buddies, like, reveals the new headline of the Daily Mail, which is Space Monsters in Birmingham. Uh, Skiz wakes up in captivity, you know, finds himself still in captivity and screams as Van Owen smiles to him, smells, he's like, like, st- start teaching that thing English so we can give it a proper interrogation. And, um, yeah, so it's just sort of like, it's just sort of setting this thing up, but I really like here is just sort of, we get sort of, like, at this point, Skiz is sort of broken into three stories, right? There's Skiz in captivity, there's Roxy in her day-to-day, and then there's Laws and Cornelius. Um, and it's just a really, this one in 317 really does a good job, does, does a really interesting job of, like, marrying, like, the really mundane shots of, like, the, the, the other two stories in Birmingham with Skiz's dream of, like, crazy out of the, you know, literally out of this world, I guess, Tau Ceti, where everything's all magical and alien and stuff. I feel like those two things are great, greatly contrasted, I guess. But so I then, couldn't put yeah. it better myself. Like, characterization is i think what underlines skiz absolutely the most yeah so next up skiz is being taught english um instead of being instead of saying the world the word girl he says a uh, roxy like she you know he's what he associates like a female human with meanwhile the real roxy is getting yelled at and eventually slapped by her father for the newspaper Not article cool. in a very shocking image i thought um yeah no fair and and mind you it's followed up with so so he hits her, and we don't actually see. We just, the, yeah, we just kind of see him rearing back, but we see her like, yeah, she, she's like holding the side of her face. Grabs her jacket, like in a striking image, and then her just leaving, saying like, "I'm going." To she says, "She says I'm, I'm going to school." The next image yeah. after that is a black image with the father, like watching her go with his hand, and it's the the overlay descriptors are: this is a man. And then say man. Like, yeah. it's, it's one of the best transitions for, All a, this, yeah. for a story that I have seen 
in 2000 AD. Like all the transitions and skids are so awesome at this point. I got to say exactly. of just they everything jumps like there's a line or someone has a thought and it jumps to the next like set, you know, it, it jumps to the other set of characters and checks in on them. And it all does it in a way that's really like beautiful and touching kind it's of affecting. which is amazing, you know. Yes, it's affecting. <laughs> like when I read this because it was the last it, this by the way just for mm -hmm. everyone hearing this like this is effectively the last comic in the book for most mm -hmm. of the the four that we read this month and uh when i got to this each time it was like holy shit like yeah. this comic's over now and this is what they're leaving me with definitely right? like, yeah it's effective yeah, but, but 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 what I think is really what what's really heartbreaking for Roxy is she sort of walks out of this like out of you know getting get, get getting hit by her father to be like I'm going to school like that's going to be like a place of like safety of relief from that but and instead school's even worse bullies are making fun of her with like dealy boppers on their head her friends are gossiping about her even like her teachers making like Star Trek jokes and there's a uh, insulting drawings like a ta like slipped like taped to the top of her desk and stuff it's real terrible it's just real like all the everybody in this school is a huge asshole and just full-on like we're, pink we're, floyd like terrible english school kind of stuff well, well we're humanizing roxy to the point of like all of us have especially people who love sci-fi like, right we've all been there to us, an extent most of us yeah. who enjoy sci-fi have been through a period of of where people are are judging us i think yeah. the 70s uh, late seventies, early eighties were probably the safest. Late eighties, <laughs> I don't know. Early nineties were not so safe. Right? I feel like Where, it's bad for everybody, but I just like yeah, this is such a great you, job because, of being. Oh, so, because you have imagination. Yeah, should not be a reason that you are ashamed. And Absolutely. Like, this girl who we have immediately identified with as someone who who knows this kind of culture is being shamed. Yeah, and it's really just super heartbreaking. All the stuff in Roxy in this episode is super heartbreaking. Back at the lab, um, they're t one of the words this they're teaching great. Skiz is alien. And in, like, kind of broken English... And showing him his own yeah. face. And so, yeah, totally. And so in broken English, he shouts, like, You're the aliens! You are the aliens! And, and fucking Van Owen just stands there in the back. He's like, Not here, we're not not here that was so good of just being like "Ooh, i love this guy he's, he's so evil guy. yeah, yeah it's so great the villain. so later at the pub cornelius and laws are being interviewed by the press and it's not going great finally oh, one of the reporters like cornelius. says like hey like give us some information we're a working bloke just like you and that sets cornelius off because he hasn't had a job in like eight months and he's just Keep like in mind like the questions they're asking him they're they're like really trying to get information and the the way that cornelius responds he's like he's being honest he's like yeah yeah like this guy's like snow white i loved snow white as like a a kid and all of that but they keep pressing him and they keep pressing him even though he does clearly doesn't want to talk about it yeah and when he gets the breaking point that's when law steps in and is like you should you go. Yeah. You should go. When he says you should get out or you, or go out the door or out the window, he is not kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and, and then after that, like Cornelius is so angry, he like smashes a pint glass against the wall and stuff. Luckily, the lady tending bar understands and says that Bur Birmingham, Birmingham is really kind of a crappy place to take a vacation if you're an alien, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> but 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 I mean, I I also imagine like Laws and Cornelius are here pretty often. That's yeah. like their local pub. Absolutely. So meanwhile, now that he can speak English, Van Owen is questioning Skiz and being a real jerk about it. He's convinced that Skiz is part of an uh, of of an alien invasion and doesn't buy his like crashed interpreter wants to go home like bit. He wants to know Which, what. Yeah. Damn. I mean, it's really like. He is not taking no for an answer and is getting real in his face about it. And it's clear that, like, this, I don't know. He's bringing a lot to this. As always, Van Owen's got a lot of, of like, coded things going on with him. Um, but and and he, in the second best transition yeah, he, <laughs> that I've seen in this comic. Yeah, he, he wants like, to know what Rocky told him, what, what Roxy told um told skiz about like earth's defenses and stuff and he says and he says she mentioned the police what uh once and what he said about the what she said about the police is that they weren't nearly as good as mad good at, the police aren't nearly as good as madness which is both a solid early 80s british uh music uh pun and a very catchy pro-anarchy statement <laughs> and then we cut and, to roxy tearfully says, I, I think i understand her yeah, now, it's to- it's totally as she's yeah. listening depressed to her acetate records. Yeah, to her madness album specifically. Yeah. And she's exactly. crying and she says like I'm coming for you Skiz, I'm going to free you. And I think that's so In great. One of the strongest feelings I have ever had about comic books. Like this girl is like <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. I I'm, I'm I'm coming for you. Yeah. At, at at the pub, the hair and bucket, Roxy has gathered Laws and Cornelius to try to free Skiz. Laws is dead against it, and Cornelius worries about getting in trouble that could hurt his job prospects. And but Roxy he doesn't have a fucking job. And Roxy's had enough of these guys shit and basically and, and, and asks Cornelius the big question, like, what happened to your pride, Cornelius? Which ugh. Like the just these couple panels of like the emotion that that brings out in Cornelius yeah. and how they and how she, and how how Roxy responds like hey like you know you say you're gonna kill me for questioning your pride then go ahead because I don't deserve to live if we don't try to get Skiz out of captivity. Um, oh, it's so first, amazing for the first time that we ever see Cornelius actually structure a sentence. He's like. I will kill you if you ever say that again. And then she challenges him on that. Yeah, and like, good luck Someone getting a job has, if you've done that. has retreated into himself so badly. It's so amazing. I love this. So it's amazing. No, it is, it is, it is great writing. Yeah. And so, because, sorry, and so because of this, Cornelius basically as a change of heart he seems to agree with roxy he realizes that like the kinship that he has with this like outsider from beyond the stars right <laughs> which is which is really amazing and so they kind of start to plan from like you know they, they're on shaky ground of course but they start to figure out a plan to try to get skiz or something meanwhile at the base van owen is demanding that skiz remove like his underwear like his spacesuit basically which um, hey i mean that's attached to his bio soul yeah and he said yeah van owen says it's for science but skiz is identified that like you're just trying to humiliate me because you're 
the most evil man in the world, basically. Yeah, fair. And you can't remove it from him because it's wired to his bio aura. That's well, what he calls and, it. And he specifically says to him in English, please do not remove this. It cannot yeah. be removed. It's attached to my bio aura. And so finally, a scientist is ordered to do it as he's objecting to it. He goes to cut it. And that sets off a powerful blast that quickly burns the scientist down to like a skeleton. Okay. So it's awesome. Conrad, yeah. Conrad <laughs> says, says burned. He literally just smokeifies. Yeah, into totally. What is ash? It really reminds me of like a return to Armageddon kind of death. Actually, like that's what really that's, that's what it really looks like to me. Um, but then possibly the best comparison. I mean, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. But then, as there's sort of this smoking corpse in this room, like Van Owen just looks at Skiz and calmly says, "You've killed him," like real accusingly and stuff. Ugh, it's so good. Um, he's a bad dude. <laughs> yeah, Conrad. He's a fucking full-on bad. Totally. Dude. Next time on Skiz, it's we have weapons, and I feel like we've already spoiled both our top and bottom thrills by talking about these ones <laughs> so far in this episode because Skiz is so fucking good. Oh my god! Um, it's possibly one of the strongest comics I've read. Like even with this anthology comic to date. Even without a lot of action and stuff, it's just really got these real striking character moments and development and stuff that um, uh, really works. It really works really well. <laughs> it's, it's hard for me, Conrad, to to so so. I recall a lot of things that look amazing or or mm-hmm. or awesome because I like awesome things, like right. say space magic, of course, and demons, right? Like right. these things are awesome. Um, it's another thing to read and look at and watch something and know that it is it is um, inspired but different, mm. right? Like I, I've I've seen people talk about Skiz as though it were ET, right? Yeah, it's not. No, it's it's got a whole. No, it's real different. It's its own fucking thing. Yeah, and it, and it is really well fucking done i mean like i said i i think i've said this earlier but yeah i I feel like the the influence from like boys from the black stuff and this sort of idea of being kind of like this like down and out kind of england characterization things this how deep it goes into these characters you know like it really sets it apart you know like like roxy feels like way more of a character than like elliot and and like the kids in net right (laughs) That makes I, it I actually, such I a actually different characterization, agree right? With that because because the the purpose of Elliot in ET is to be a uh, audience surrogate, right? Like, yeah, um, but, he's he's a cup that gets filled. Yeah, right? yeah, where, I, I, where I, I agree with that for sure. Where where you're supposed to be a, a emotionally a, a available for his kindness mm-hmm. of human kindness, right? And that being the good thing. Whereas uh, Roxy is her own character, mm. and she is someone who feels a sense of justice, and mm, not that's interesting. Necess- like, yeah, not necessarily kindness. Like, yeah, she she takes care of him, which is why she has a nurturing factor. But um, her her ability her her first inclination is protection. Mm-hmm. And then when that thing is taken, it is justice. Interesting. Right? Yeah, so, I agree with that. Which is which is a running theme of a lot of this comic, which is like, what is justice? Yeah. Right? Like, um, a lot of the things that we read about is 
like the the different forms that justice can take and in yeah. this oh yeah i mean well that's the central question of judge exactly. dread right right <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly or, or a central uh, notion of invasion right like what yeah. is justice or mm. or is it really revenge um for me like reading this and how it's treated it's mm-hmm. that um this evil person is given no space to do uh something good they mm-hmm. are they are a person who has been molded by purely poor intentions yeah but all of the other characters that are surrounding this situation are characters that regardless of their background or who they are or how they've been described are people we we immediately sympathize with. Yeah, I mean, I think like, it's it's telling in that with um, the 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 doctor with like the uh, the ostensible bad guys. Like the only real bad one is Van Owen, right? Exactly. Like all the Everyone rest of like the doctors and stuff. Yeah, they're like following orders, or they're even following them under like duress, or like like questioning them and saying like, "Hey, like this doesn't seem like a good idea." Exactly. And so it does a really good job of painting this Van Owen character as being super evil, or like of just or like just of being like super fat. Yeah, or, or or maybe even like super focused, I guess. Like, yeah. but that you know, it's an interesting thing. I'm super stoked to get further in. Like, you know, we got like a little, we've got more skis to go. Um, I'm really excited for what we're where we're going with it, especially as sort of the efforts to get skis out of out of uh the base and stuff like that sort of wear on. I think it's going to be real awesome. Uh, I lo- I, I like skis a lot. Um, you know. All this stuff, as always with, with, with Alan Moore, it's always like everything sort of leading up to, um, the, the magnum opus of a uh, Halo Jones, like in, in, in 84. Um, and so, you know, these are the, the so the, sk- skiz is kind of the sturdy roots on which Halo Jones is built, I'd say. <laughs> I, I have always believed in this. And, and before we jump to the next, but yeah. the, I have been doing my reading, mm-hmm. um, about Alan Moore. Ah. And uh, he has a firm belief, which is that a story must end. Yeah. And this feels like do. a a uh, comic that will end, mm-hmm. and it will end well. Like, oh in, yeah, in a in a not necessarily like it won't make me feel good or whatever. I don't know, but um, that's how enthralling the story is. I'm excited. Is it, yeah, it captures me so much that I I need to know the end. Not that like oh like maybe hey. it'll go on for yeah. for 200 progs <laughs> i don't want that yeah like skiz skiz is something that i i just i want to know the end of it yeah soon enough buddy episode 100 progs 321 to 324 june and july 1983 Three or four skiz as it just gets better and fucking better <laughs> yeah, art about Alan Moore, or sorry, script about Alan Moore, art about Jim Bakey, letter about Tony Jacob. So we see Laws um, arriving at a pool hall with Roxy and Cornelius in tow, and, get- and the pool hall guy trying to give us some guff, but it's like, nah, she's with me. <laughs> and Laws, Laws is the man. That's true. We see Laws getting made fun of by locals for like alien reasons. And he then explains that he's going to free Skiz, and his buddies at the pool hall are going to help him. I feel like, like, if I had buddies at the pool hall that I went to, like, every day or every week, 
and I and and like it was factually accurate for the most part that I got aliened. I don't feel like they'd be like, haha, alien man. They'd be like, oh fuck. It's like, hard what the to fuck tell. Happened? Yeah. Meanwhile, Van Owen once again comes to question Skiz about alien technology. I love this part, and With it's just yeah. Skiz's Skiz's um uh like feeling of the situation where it's a game he can neither win nor lose and it's just questions that don't matter uh, for a guy who's just trying to find fault in what he's doing and how miserable he is it really sets up kind of this payoff that happens in this same episode absolutely yeah forced to play van owen's evil game skiz has no choice but he ends up talking about one Weapon as people still have, like you know, they have a tool. past weapon. It's a tool, yeah, not that's a right. Yeah, it's more a tool and weapon, but it's the snuffer which snuffs out suns. Because if you are a tier three civilization, there are three tiers. We are tier zero, according to these physicists. But mm-hmm. a tier three civilization harnesses the power of entire suns in order to gain energy, right? Like they take yeah. and sap the entire energy of a sun. In order to power their civilization. That's fucking amazing. Absolutely. So, Luz, so meanwhile, as Skiz is doing this, Laz starts to lay out his plan to get Skiz out of RAF Stafford, which is an actual place, actually, in, like, northern Birmingham. Um, really? The, yeah. Wait, no, it's a real place? Yeah, you can look that up on Google Maps and stuff. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. So, one of the guys, the pool hall, is who's, like, a wild hair uh, revolutionary... Says that he did some work there last summer, and Laws brings him in. And the plan is basically on from there. Like his knowledge is going to help them, like infiltrate the base. Meanwhile, Van Owen kind of leaves Skiz's room, all unnerved by talk of this the, of the snuffer. There's an interesting moment where Skiz is momentarily happy to have like messed with Van Owen with this knowledge. But then because he, normally he's a very peaceful alien. Yeah, so he sort of he chides himself. Because he's a lowered himself to Van Owen's levels, like freak him out by the knowledge of this sci-fi technology, but it also like revealed himself to be like as violent and like over the top as Van Owen is, you know. When put in a situation where it's extreme, right? Like it's these extremes. He's not yeah. giving himself that space to think about it, but he is saying like, "Oh fuck, this could. This is." A part of something that I could feel. Yeah, and it means better. Yeah, by broaching the the subject of like the snuffer, it's also changed the relationship between him and Van Owen. You know, things will be different from them from now on. Mm -hmm. Um, As things go by, like we get to Prague three twenty two, and the story completely changes one hundred percent to a freaking heist story, which is really awesome. Like it's the best heist story I've ever seen. Absolutely, yeah. We just kind of skip past the planning. And we just see how things come together. Like two giant wallabies have been stolen from a time. I am okay with that. From a toy store. And it's kind of funnier because like wallabies is written kind of weird, which suggests it was changed last minute. But also like um, a rally is planned at RAF Stra- uh, Stafford and a bunch of rats get stolen from nearby Aston University. And then, like a laundry truck driver drinking, uh, drinking tea at a, di- at a diner finds his tea poisoned. <laughs> and 
we see, and then he gets locked in the bathroom. We kind of see Laws and Cornelius here, but just kind of their backs, not their faces or anything like that. It's, it's very fun. Like, here's this um, plot, like, building itself up, basically. It's very Ocean's Eleven startups kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, we see a protest start outside of RAF Stratford, including some folks handcuffing himself to the outer fence. And then when the guards try to remove the fence, it opens the place up for the protesters to start running around the whole, like, uh, barracks, basically. Meanwhile, a car tries to enter the rear gate, and based on a previous phone warning, it's searched. And when the trunk opens, like, 30 huge rats run out, and the driver implies that they all have, They've like, the, the plague, <laughs> and everybody's just freaking out because of that. Um, it's pretty funny because they start talking about the plague and then like the protesters here and they're like, oh, it's germ warfare, is it? Like, I see what you're doing. Um, and with all this chaos, the regular laundry truck arrives with some very familiar drivers, aka Laws and Cornelius. One of them, I, I love how he has him put this, the doctor suit on backwards so he looks like he's ready for surgery. Yeah, so the protest continues and the army guys are killing rats. It's the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Laws and Cornelius have infiltrated the base and are now um, sort of... Um, they're new hoping around the base, which is <laughs> when you're rescuing someone from a military base while wearing disguises, Fox. <laughs> oh, that's really great. There are new hoping around. And they quickly change from laundry guys to doctors, complete with, as you said, Cornelius, turning his shirt backwards to make it like an operating gown, essentially. They, ar- they quickly arrive at Skiz's room and with a lot of official-sounding blather and some references to the plague, they manage to get into Skiz, to Skiz's room, learn that he can speak English, and head out. Later, a guard checks Skiz's bed and finds a stuffed wallaby there, reference to the earlier parts of the plan. Uh, the alarm goes up as the laundry van drives off, and cops and Van Owen follow a suspicious scooter. They pull the driver over, and it's revealed that... Um, to be the other stuffed wallaby, stuffed wallaby, it and the driver are going to Gretna Green to be married. And Gretna Green Fox is this place in Scotland that's famous for people running away to be married there. Oh, so it's like the Vegas of the island. Exactly. Uh, finally, we see Roxy wandering the streets of late night Birmingham. And it's scary and super alienating, which I think is really cool, honestly. It really sets up uh, kind of how it is for... Like a younger woman to have to walk around alone at night in a very shitty part of a, a city. Absolutely, yeah. The uh, the narration from Alan Moore is going in overdrive here. He sort of describes this part of Birmingham as being a cross between Legoland, Legoland and the Emerald City. But eventually Laws finds her, and she gets into his van and finds Skiz waiting for her, able to speak English, the two of them and have a they great... embrace. Yeah, they embrace tearfully. That's real nice, man. It's the sweetest thing. It's like, oh my god, my friend and the person who cared for me. He's finally saved and we're able to, like, f- go from here. Meanwhile, Van Owen, we see, is preparing it's a man... A dick. Super dick. He's preparing a manhunt for Skiz... Over the objections of the more straight-laced Mr. Aubrey, we see German shepherds being loaded into a police car, and Van Owen 
He's basically implying that he's going to shoot to kill and try to kill Skiz no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's he's got basically a day, so we've now got the ticking yeah. clock. Yeah, because Aubrey's this guy's going to the PM. Yeah, Aubrey says he's going to go to the to the to to the Parliament to talk about this, and, and Van Owen Prime says, "Minister, like, man." Yeah, and and Van Owen says, "By tomorrow, this will all be settled," which clearly means that he's going to kill Skiz, die or be killed himself. Indeed, back in the van, our heroes drive aimlessly, not sure where to go. As we see a man with a with a watchman esque sign reading, "The end is in sight." None shall escape the wrath. Walks by. Next time on Skiz, parent problems. Oh, this is so good, dude. The free, like the 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 heist part of them just getting Skiz out and all this chaos and stuff around their base is so amazing. The re- the reunion between Roxy and Skiz is really great, and then it's just like heartfelt. It's totally heartwarming. Yeah, and then all these characters are trying to figure out what they're going to do next is really great too. Like all of it combines well, this great story. You don't know. You don't know what they're going to do next. You don't know what the heist was. Like what I love about this comic is that mm-hmm. you don't know, and it sets everything up in a way where it's like it, all of this could have been fucked up, right? Like at mm-hmm. some point in the plan, something could have fucked up, but it went perfectly, and it's really playing to your emotions in that way, right? Yeah, like, but to even give you and- this moment of act two. Yeah, and then even with it working perfectly, it's like, well, what do we do now? Like, we've got this alien, but, like, what's the next step here? And nobody really knows, which I think is pretty amazing also. She asks Laws directly, like, is everything going to be okay? And he's like, you know how this is going to go. It's not going to go well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, I'm super stoked about Skiz. we got, like, two more progs worth of Skiz. And it's Are just- you serious? So we got, like, basically, I'm going to talk about this at the end of the thing, but basically we got, like, one big one that's got all of them, and then it's going to wrap up right at the start of the of, our, of the episode after that. Um, and it's just so amazing. I'm so stoked for the end of Skiz. It's, like, super, like, oh, like, we get to the end, and then Conrad cries about it, you know? <laughs> like, I'm really excited This has so it. far been one of my favorite comics inside of here. Like, I, I've always said and will continue to say, like, I prefer something to have a definitive end. Mm-hmm. And Skiz feels like it will. And it's yeah. n- it, like where you can start uh, the Skiz comic and say, oh, it's like E.T. Yeah, sure. An alien comes to Earth and all of this other stuff. Crash lands, mm-hmm. right? Like, E.T. is like, he missed the boat. Right. Um, for all sorts of things. But, like, this is such a different story and hits you in such a different place. And yeah. it's similar. Place, as he I mean, especially now as we start to get into like the heist parts where they like free skiz from the uh, from the military base, and then like it deals like what what we're gonna do next and stuff. All that is so different from ET, right? Well, I like this idea of of good adults, right? Like in ET, the adults don't have the best intentions in mind. It's about children mm-hmm. being pure, yeah, right. But laws is. is you know he's he's put out as this guy who clearly is is kind of a, a rough and tumble dude and mm. um why am i forgetting his name the big guy cornelius cornelius is clearly like a dullard but he's got this heart of gold and he clearly knows right from wrong and what's being done is wrong these are adults these aren't children 
right? This yeah. isn't the Goonies trying to figure something out. This is a young <laughs> girl who has to go to these people who her father knows, and now that we know her father, what a great guy he is. And they're the good guys, not her parents. It's kind of Yeah, cool. definitely. Well, I'm super excited to see what you're going to see next episode as things sort of come to a head and stuff like that. That's where we're really going to see the huge like changes and shift and stuff like that. It's so good. I love this story so much, Fox. Um, I can tell. Uh, so good. Like this is. I mean, I've, I've said in a couple places online that like from the start of this show, like Skiz is one of the stories that I've been super excited to get to, and now we're in the midst of it, and I'm just super excited. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite 2008 stories, like for real. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, and like when we get to the end, like maybe like no, next week or the week, ap- the week after that, like for real, I've gotten the end of the, I like finished up skids and gotten the last line and like cried. <laughs> like it's for real. It's something that's really affecting no. for me. I love it so much, you know? No, I don't want to cry. We'll see, man. Episode 101. Progs 325 to 329. July and August 1983. Thrill. Five skis. I can't even comment. I <laughs> like. I don't know if I'll say anything during this, Conrad. So what I will preface this with is like, I'm I'm here, and I will have to say a lot at the end. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So script. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's real good, man. Script robot for skis. Alan Moore. Art robot Jim Bakey. Letter about robot tony jacob so having sprung skiz from the raf base laws has left to clean up loose ends so it's just roxy cornelius and skiz in their van quote loose ends quote loose ends indeed and it's the um and the and the first two roxy and cornelius get out to talk to roxy's parents Meanwhile, at the pool hall, Van Owen comes storming in to threaten Laws about Skiz's whereabouts, and do you Laws know what is you not don't intimidated. Do at a pool hall, Conrad? Because I've been I've been drunk at a pool hall several times. Uh huh. And it's like, uh, do you you don't just start throwing your weight around to locals where people know you? Yeah. And you're drunk, and it's accepted. Or you're at the pool hall where no one knows you, yeah, and you're drunk. Bad. And you're definitely not accepted. Yeah. Here, here in this pool. Drinking. Yeah. This guy's an asshole. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. In this pool hall in Birmingham late at night, Van Owen, like, Van Owen is the alien surrounded by hostiles, not skids, right? And definitely (laughs) put on by laws, like, in non-comforting terms. Yes. It's clear there's some kind of conflict coming, not unlike at Roxy's house, where her parents are not stoked about her current actions. Tensions rising, rise until one of my favorite moments in Skiz, where Cornelius throws a chair through a table and he grabs Roxy's dad and he points up at the sky. He says, look up there. He says, nothing is as important as that, as just this, like, endless sky that Skiz is from. Cornelius and Roxy drive away as her parents stay behind, seemingly emotionally shattered. And Cornelius says, possibly one of the coolest things, after waiting what I consider a Cornelius amount of patience time, Mm -hmm. before throwing a chair through the window and grabbing her father and forcing him to look at the sky... (laughs) He is walking out with Roxy and saying, come on, we're going now, before I lose my temper. 
Exactly. So things that are coming. Wasn't yeah. even a modicum of his temper. <laughs> totally, as we'll see. Uh, things are coming to a head here. We've got Roxy's dad. We've got Laws and Van Owen. We've got Cornelius, Roxy, and Skiz. Uh, the last group is heading north on the highway, and Laws is giving v- v- Van Owen the brush off, and it's almost working until Van Owen remembers Cornelius and Cornelius's van, which is a blue van, and they are going to look for it. Yeah. In that van, Roxy is talking about how this new life on the run with Skiz will prevent her previous dream of becoming an actress, maybe even becoming a star. Can can I give a... I, I don't mean to interlude too much, but mm-hmm. there is... Um, while you're reading through this, there is a, a series of foreshadowing. Mm. And foreshadowing, and, and what I mean by that is like, it's... So text boxes like description boxes are not something that I normally think people need to read Mm -hmm. in skiz. They are entirely important. Oh yeah. Not only are they character to character, which means that every time you read one of the comics, you're getting a different character's perspective, but you're also getting context, like real context, not like here's the recap from last episode in a different character's voice. A la, Let's say Robo no. Hunter. Yeah, it's very in this internal story. monologues and like giving you way more, like shining a lot more light on how the story's going. Exactly. In the in in three twenty five and three twenty six, it is basically foreshadowing. Like, not everyone will be happy by the end of this. Mm-hmm. And I was reading that like, okay, like fucking like nine tenths of the progs in in this run since we've been reading it, Conrad. Yeah have ever truly meant that. Mm. And it's like, this person wants this. This person wants this. Fucking this girl wants a Mars bar. Right. Right? Like, and and at the end of that segment, where it's saying, like, what each person wants, it says not everyone will get that. Mm. Like, not everyone will get what they want. But certain things are satiated very quickly. As an example, in the opening of this, we see she's cracking a Mars bar. Mm-hmm. She got her Mars bar. Right. Well, well, but, but like in a Quentin Tarantino-esque situation, who else isn't getting what they're going to get? Right? Hey, like who is, yeah. who is going to lose in this situation? And it's bringing in this sense of like, um, suffocation. Like hmm. while I was reading this, I was getting like, I was looking, I was like, who is not going to get a thing? Because actually, as it turns out, everything that's happening up until this point, and once you hear Conrad kind of give you the step by step, it gets incredibly it's getting intense. getting real tense as we go. Like, Absolutely. Like if if you have not read Skiz up until this point, up until this point, like and you're just kind of cruising with us at this point, <laughs> stop, go back, read Skiz in its entirety, and come back. <laughs> I mean, I it's worth you. it. It's worth reading it, Skiz because it's real good. For sure. I I will not blame you for it, <laughs> and you will be better off for the result anyway yeah. conrad sorry but so yeah so continue. roxy's talking about her dream of becoming an actress or being a star skiz feels bad about this but roxy tries to make him feel better like she wants to be a star he's from one and cornelius actually yeah. makes a joke like oh like i've got my o levels like maybe i'll be an actress which seems like real nice like these guys are actually like getting along and stuff until they have actual chemistry yeah until they're spotted by a car full of policemen with rifles. We've and got it's them. not even the only, like, again, two-thirds of the shot. One person's face 
completely masked with mustache and sunglasses and mm-hmm. done just two giant guns yeah. in the frame. Totally. So Laws flies into action, raising word around town. Something big is happening and everybody has to come. We get scenes- In fact, the foreshadowing here is also that yeah. you're going to remember where you were that night. Yeah. And I want to say, yeah, like it, th- th- they talk about how everybody remembers this scene, this moment for years to come. But I want to say also, I really like sort of in the narration here, we get more scenes of down and out Birmingham also. Like people mm-hmm. are weighing, like, like, you know, it's like late at night. So people are like weighing an, another, yes. another like half pint of beer versus their bus money home or getting or something no, to a eat. Hamburger. Yeah. Or getting something to eat like without any money, but like, you know, maybe like their, their Giro uh, check is coming th- uh, through soon, you know? It's, but, it's normal life. Yeah. But in the end, word is going out to help the spaceman to the youth clubs and discos and bingo halls and bus shelters and Birmingham came running. And this, my friend, he may not be the most physical of characters. He may not be the most easily affectionate characters but laws is a man of the people absolutely he is the brutus of this group <laughs> and it is effective yeah to a measure that i i, I whatever i'll get into later please keep going to doing a lot of, a lot of butting in for someone who says going to be quiet the whole time i know Fox. i know it's just, <laughs> Anyhow. i love it i love it so much Conrad. so meanwhile roxy tries to reassure skiz that they'll go to the papers and eventually they'll get him home but skiz is really starting to realize that human technology means there's no way he'll ever get home like you know like oh they've made it to the moon like he's from an interstellar empire man there's no he's gonna die on earth um but he also, like, realizing this, he decides to tell his first lie, reassuring Roxy that, you know, reassuring Roxy that things will be okay. Um, Laws goes to find Skiz, but he's confronted by Roxy's dad. Laws explains the whole situation isn't just Roxy being rebellious, it's serious business with crazy-ass Van Owen and government guys with guns. Laws, by the way, being... Her father's friend. Yeah. And he gives him a serious fucking reality check. Indeed. Seemingly chastened by all this, Roxy's dad asks to come with Laws, and he and Laws offers him a helmet, and they ride out on his motorcycle. Um, they and the rest of Birmingham are headed for the Spaghetti Junction, a massive overpass of roads, railways, canals, and rivers. I think it was funny. There's actually a Spaghetti Junction in the American Bur- city of, of, of Birmingham also, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Um, Skiz seems a bit impressed by it, at least as a work of modern art, essentially, when suddenly behind them they see the flashing lights and sirens. The police have found them. So it's car chase time. Cornelius is really getting into it now, screaming, I've got my pride, as he runs police cars off the road. Van Owen tells the cops to start shooting, but they are very reluctant to do so. Which I must say, in comparison to cops in 21st century United <laughs> States, is kind of refreshing. Um, as they reach this bridge, Laws puts his plans into action. An army of motorcycles and scooters block the bridge and suddenly have quote-unquote engine trouble blocking Van Owen and his goons. Uh, Van Owen is incensed, but before anything can be done, a whole mass of brummies show up in like buses and caravans and cars to also block the way. It seems like everyone in town is going to come there to help our friends escape. 
But Van Owen says no! He grabs a police officer's rifle, draws down, and shoots a tire out from under the van. It flips, it crashes and flips. And Skiz has a flashback himself to his ship, his spaceship crashing several weeks ago. Van Owen runs toward the overturned van as a pipe wrench, followed by an angry Cornelius, erupts from the passenger side window. They'll get Skiz over his dead body! Roxy looks on in tears as Cornelius runs towards the cops, his wrench held high. He's had enough! He's got his! But with a kadak, Van Owen guns him down. There's a moment of silence. And then the assembled people of Birmingham start to eulogize Cornelius. I knew him well. He used to come in my pub. He was nice. He was my mate. Even the police officers, Ben. Yeah. The crowd starts to turn on Van Owen, and the police sergeant who went to school with Cornelius lets them go. But before Van Owen can turn his gun on the crowd, Roxy attacks him, scratching his face and getting hit by the butt of his rifle. He goes to sh- he goes to shoot Roxy, and Skiz attacks him. Skiz has been totally nonviolent and truthful, but now because of his love for Roxy, he's both uh, he's both told lies and attacked Van Owen things he thought would be impossible beforehand. He's now willing to kill. Van Owen tosses Skiz off of him as well and prepares to shoot them both, but. What are these spotlights now on Van Owen and covering the whole spaghetti junction from above? Lift up your head, Skiz. I think there's something you should see. And it's a full color spread as a giant spaceship fills the sky and illuminates Roxy and Skiz as Van Owen looks on in shock and horror. Next time on Skiz, coming for to carry me home. The end of Skiz. Jesus Christ, it's so good. (laughs) There... Has literally never been a more effective story mm. that I have read in the pages of 2080 than Skiz. Like just these quiet, like especially that quiet moment yes. right after Cornelius gets shot, um, is so freaking affecting. You you really feel it. it. I mean, because we've come to like Cornelius too as this yeah. kind of funny guy who's got He's his pride. The everyman. Yeah, who's got this nobility and strength to him, and for this monster Van Owen to gun him down is shocking. You know, it's shocking to be in a kid's comic, and it's shocking in general. Mm. Is that it doesn't just take in a comic book good writing. Like in Mm -hmm. a movie, it also takes good writing, good editing, good, like you have to actually have the shot, right? It takes like these... Four parts, these four elements of an actor, the lines, you know, what yeah. you're shooting and how you edit it. In a book, you can just write it. Yeah. But I feel but like it's more I here in the comic. I here. cannot, yeah. I, I believe now, very firmly, Alan Moore is a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. But he is a fantastic writer because he must soundly work with his artists yeah i mean the there way is, there is no yeah. possible way otherwise yeah jim bakey does a ton of heavy lifting on this for sure just like the uh like the tears in roxy's eyes when he oh sees my God. Uh, when she sees like cornelius fighting dude like the, the wrench shooting out from the car totally this the, moment of strength as he erupts from this moment and you hope to god you really do hope that nothing is going to happen to him because so many of these comics everyone escapes fine yeah and he drops dead 
from a character who you know is already a beast. Yeah. And he is truly made a monster Absolutely. in this moment. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. God damn. Um, I, I, I had such a hard time reading this portion of Skiz. Mm-hmm. I was like, I literally had to stop. I, yeah. I couldn't deal with my emotion because again, like <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like Sam yeah. Slade. Oh, it's like cool werewolves. Oh, it's mm-hmm. like another letters page or whatever. And then you get to Skiz, and you're like, this is this is like a story. Well, I want to say that this is really the promise of 2000 AD, right? It's being able to blend these different um, genres together and tell oh, these absolutely. different kinds of story all at the same time. And this is really well, the time where we see funny this happen. alongside yeah. of Sirius. But it's super amazing, it's okay. right? Oh, it's so good. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, if I'm reading, if I'm buying a Spider-Man comic, you know, back in... in, right. in in uh, 1986, I'm getting just Spider-Man being funny Spider-Man, and that's yeah. okay. It's perfectly fine. It means that I'm getting like 30-ish pages of funny. Well, mm-hmm. back then, like 25-ish, right? 2025-ish. Yeah, yeah. So, of 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 like funny and then some ads. Mm-hmm. In this, it's like in that same amount of pages. I am like, okay, this is fine. Okay, this is hilarious. Okay, this is awesome. And then, okay, yeah, this is really I, emotional. I need to cry. Yeah. Like, what? What should I be feeling? Like, I need this next. Yeah, I need this next issue. Like, funny only gets me so far. Whereas uh, the commitment to to characters and what's going to happen to them next gets me so much farther. Absolutely, skiz skiz to me, like. I'm going to tell you this, Conrad. I okay. I didn't think Alan Moore was some kind of special. Like, mm. yes, he he made something that a lot of people said I should read, and I read it. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's pretty good. That's good writing, and it's good art, and and it's some decent lettering, and and like I got through it, and it was great. Mm-hmm. And this is something I've else, been, right? I, dude, I've been reading these these future shocks and time twisters and stuff. And I'm like, why is this guy lauded for this shit? And this is like, <laughs> and this is like. Holy fuck, if you do not read Skiz, maybe you kind of don't get what comic books can be. <laughs> Man, like, I'm su- I, I want to say that like I, like, I really? super agree. I can't wait till we get to fucking Halo Jones, buddy. Oh my god, you're going to blow oh, up. Oh, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have, Conrad, I don't have feelings. I don't cry. I'm a, I'm a goddamn man bot. I don't. I don't have emotion circuits. It's going to be good, man. It's going to be I, real can good. You tell, can you tell maybe what was my top thrill? Episode 102. Progs 330 to 333. August and September 1983. Thrill for Skiz. Oh, the end of Skiz. So skip, beautiful. Yeah, skip through about Alan Moore, art about Jim Bakey, learning about Tony Jacob. Where we last left, Skiz, the Tau Seti Imperium ship, had just arrived to collect Ski- the interpreter Zix. It dispenses a bunch of aliens on rocket sleds, and Van Owen seems to go mad. Bathed in otherworldly light, he aims his rifle at Roxy and Skiz, when suddenly a bloody hand grabs his shoulder. It's Cornelius! He shoot down, but... He's alive, buddy! 
Cornelius is alive. He says, I've got my pride once more. And he throws Van Owen over the side of the spaghetti junction. Yeah, he, so now he's dead. Yeah, he, he lands with a cud as Roxy and her dad and Skiz and his people are both reunited at the same time. Oh, everything's really wrapping up with a bow here. It's true, yeah. Shipmaster Rivtver um, got Skiz's distress call and is here to collect him. Uh, Skiz is ready to go, but takes a moment to wish his friends farewell. Uh, Laws is a man of few words and wishes him tara. Um, Cornelius says he's fi- says he's fine, you know, not hurt or anything. And asks, you know, as always, if his job's in space, let him know. And the two of them hug, and it's real nice. Yeah. And then almost word- wordlessly, Skiz and Roxy exchange a tearful kiss, and he's gone. Oh. Steve McManus talks actually in his book about how he added some of the little lines in here, like of them saying like, you know, goodbye or farewell or something. And because he was worried about younger readers not figuring out what was going on here. Mm. Um, and he re- he really regrets doing that. Like to this day, it's one of his biggest regrets as editor of wow. 2000 AD. Oh, man. Um, I get sh- you. Yeah, it's just a thing, you know. The ship takes off, and Zichs and Rupter talk about his experiences. What were the monsters of Earth like? Uh, they were cruel and ugly. There was so much hate and despair, and so much love. What were they like, sh- Shipmaster? I will tell you. Some of them had style. Some of them have their pride. And some of them, some of them are stars. Oh. And that's it for Skiz. Oh, I love it. Skiz will return, Fox, with Holy shit. Jim Bakey doing the writing as well as the art in Skiz 2 in January 1992. Oh my god, was it was it a good idea? I feel like it's good. I I like the Skizzes. I think they're they're good stories. Okay. Oh, you know. awesome. Then yeah, I'm looking so, forward to it like a million years from now. Yeah, 9 years from from where we are right now. It's oh, crazy. Fuck off. I oh mean, no, act- you don't mean actual years, I think. No, of no, 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 no. Six, six let no, uh sorry. Yeah, like seven and a half years from or no, sorry, eight, eight and a half years from where we are in the progs right now. We will get to it in like mid twenty twenty, if we keep in our current path oh. <laughs> at our current speed, you know? Like I haven't actually scoped out that far, but that's about it. Yeah, mid to late twenty twenty. Holy God. Uh, Stay tuned, <laughs> listeners. That's right. That was Skiz. The story's over, but I've still got my pride. Uh, seemingly emboldened by Skiz's success, Alan Moore would go on to write two more continuing stories featuring space teenagers, about which more in the coming weeks. Jim Bakey will draw several important Judge Dredd stories, including Parts of Oz and In the Bath, one of my faves, and would eventually go on to both draw and write Skiz Parts 2 and 3. Top Skiz Moments! Roxy, I love Roxy. She's a real cool chick. One of the most fully formed characters generally in 2080, at least the point that we've gotten to on the show. And certainly the best female character up until this point. I appreciate Rocky's devote, Roxy's devotion to her friends, how she sticks up for herself, and isn't afraid to, to claw the eyes out of an evil South African government official, if, if it's required. Speaking of which, the cliffhanger! Ah, due to the nature of our show, we finished an episode on Prague 329 with one Prague to go in a moment of extreme despair and extreme hope with Cornelius seemingly dead, Skiz wounded, but also Skiz's spaceship appearing in the sky above. Amazing. And man, just 
all of it, I love Skiz so much. It's incredibly touching and human, I guess, is what I can say, I, you know, despite the fact that, of course, it features aliens. But there's more to it that's just about emotions, about relationships that feel real on the page, about communities coming together and villains being overthrown by plucky gumption. In terms of Alan Moore's work in 2000 AD, Skiz, I think, seems usually overshadowed by things like Halo Jones. But for me, it might just be the superior story. It's one that stuck with me for, for much longer at the very least. So what do you think of Skiz? Emotional fairy tale meets hard reality or the justifiable forgotten early work by an overrated hack? Let me know what you think by email at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at spacespinner2k. For everything else, look up spacespinner2000 and we should be there. You can find spacespinner2000, the podcast, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the Google Play Store, or podcast site at spacespinner2000.com. And thanks for listening to this collection. We'll be back soon with awesome 2000 AD action. Until then, I'm Conrad. And this has been the Space Spinner 2000 Collection for Skiz Splendig Verthrig! 